All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, I've got Andrew on the show. He holds one goal above all others through his various projects, and that is genuine and sustainable impact. Love it. His latest offering, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read, offers readers a never-seen understanding of the topic that no other book on this on this topic has ever been able to do. So I'm I'm excited to dive into this because in a way we talk about your principles in this book probably on every episode in some way. So I, I'm so excited to see your perspective on this and, and why the title for the book. So welcome to the show. Mark, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I know it's uh, probably setting a world record for longest book title ever, but certainly longest law of attraction book ever. And I'm yeah. uh, really excited that, you know, you're seeing a lot of parallels here because Obviously, I'm a believer in law of attraction, but I don't think that you need to believe in it in order to get the benefit of the, the principles, because it all comes down to psychology and, and yeah. creating an invitation, whether you believe in energy or not, there's always a way of letting that in, Yeah, you know, without having to believe one thing or another. Well, I think that's the key, because that's why I, I made the comment that I would say 100% of the episodes, are, there's some sort of principle that, uh, that I saw in your book uh, linked to those shows. And many times people don't even realize it, right? And it's 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 how that stuff is is packed up together, or the narrative behind it that I think is interesting, or definitely evolving uh, over time. Is I, I interviewed, uh, I'm sure you're you're well aware of uh, John uh, Azrath, mm-hmm. um, who was was in that the original Secret movie, right? Which that was my first um, exposure to this type of work, and at that time. I remember that was very like out there and the people had all these crazy perceptions on what this is. Oh, just manifest your future. And, and uh, again, like there, it, it's the language around it. Um, but I remember when I was, I was chatting with him cause it was almost a decade later, uh, since that, that movie has been out. And now there's a lot of science, uh, li- linked to this. And to your point, a lot of psychology as well. It's This isn't just uh, like fairy dust kind of conversation. There's some real stuff here that's happening. Uh, and and that isn't new. You know, this has been around forever. So sorry, I'm going right into the topic. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking my own rule of the show, which is before we get into this stuff, I have to ask you just who you are, and then we'll get into it. Right. What <laughs> defines you to avoid any job titles? I'll run the risk of having the most long-winded answer of the show here, but um, really just so people understand where I'm coming from, and it'll set that context and creator for where we take this conversation. Um, I learned about Love Attraction probably two years before The Secret came out, and this was just me being a struggling entrepreneur, and I think all entrepreneurs and even salespeople, they can relate to the idea of having to kill your own dinner, so to speak. So we'll fall into, you know, positive modality, positive mindset, personal development, however you want to categorize it. And law of attraction was just one of many modalities that I'd run into that I was just, you know, trying to make my life better. And it was, but it was hit and miss. It was inconsistent. I had some successes and some failures. And I learned four years after that, that it was me who was inconsistent because I basically had what's, uh, I would uh, categorize as the worst week of my life where I lost my business. And then three days later, my girlfriend of three years broke up over text. So, you know, within between Monday and Friday, like poof, 90% of my life gone Bad and I'm um, like, okay, what do I do now? And I had this really weird 
I wouldn't even call it epiphany, but just this kind of uh, concept pop in my mind of, well, you got to do something. And that law of attraction thing kind of worked whenever you actually did it and it didn't stop. So I got really stubborn and really indignant. And I'm like, listen, I've wasted my 20s. Something's got to be done. I don't care what happens, how it happens, when it happens. Well, I don't care any of that. I'm going to go all in with this thing that seems to work if I actually hold on to it. Sure. And when I say all in, I don't mean all day, every day, because you were speaking about psychology, Mark. You know, Me knowing enough about psychology, I'm going to burn out if I actually do that, no matter how pissed off I am. But I was just upset and just motivated enough that I can do five or 10 minutes every day. Simple gratitude or visualization processes that I even tweak to make them easier for me to stick with. And my okay. results were miraculous, for lack of a better word. I, in two weeks, I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Three months into it, I'm in a brand new relationship with uh, someone who is way healthier and way more suited and really in line with me at that point. Four months later, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before then. And six months later, everything's different. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. Everything's cool. Nothing's, it's not perfect, but everything is yeah. cool. And what I learned the hard way, not that anyone should have to learn this the hard way, is that this law of attraction thing, whatever it is, however it works in the background, it works if you work it. If you're just consistent with it and you embrace it, something will happen. And then just the question becomes, how can you make sure that you're consistent with it? How can you spot your blocks that are preventing you from doing it? And how can you make sure that you actually take advantage of whatever these mechanics and whatever these processes really are? Okay. Love it. So what, where did you learn about this? And, and I guess just for listeners that may, I, I'd find it hard to believe that people on this show wouldn't know about this because we talk about these, these principles quite a bit, but just to, to set the stage, like what is the law of attraction in, in right. your words? It's funny in my YouTube channel, I explained it in 60 seconds and in interviews, I'm like, can I make that that standard? <laughs> but to say real quick, it's, it's based on, on the premise that everything is energy. Yeah. Your energy, um, energy, the room we're in, everything, including our thoughts and all energy vibrates at a certain frequency. You could even look at your hand under a microscope, which they might've mentioned in the secret. And you can see that it's not even physical. It's not tangible or solid the way you think it is. That's just the way our senses are perceiving it. But with that in mind, if everything is energy, everything's on a frequency. And by the way, like frequencies attract like frequencies, you can basically stand to assume that the thoughts that you have, whether they are intentional or unintentional are going to draw in circumstances, people, uh, events into your life. So even though the law of attraction isn't this specifically, the understanding behind it is through this knowledge, it's about choosing thoughts that are going to invite the things that you want. And just to yeah. stretch that answer out a little bit longer, because you know people that are hearing for the first time or people that have been through it all, they're like, well, that's nice, Andrew, but where's your law of attraction when I've been thinking about that job promotion every single day without the job promotion? To which this extra layer, I say, okay, are you thinking about that promotion um, from a sense of impatience, frustration, fear, yeah. uncertainty, uh, doubt, jealousy. Because if you're doing that, you're actually not thinking about the job promotion. You don't realize that you're thinking about the lack of the job promotion. You're upset because you're noticing and putting out the energy. And if you don't believe in that, the program into your subconscious mind that you don't have the promotion. Whereas if you were thinking about it with anticipation, enthusiasm, gratitude, now you're speaking my language and now you're actually on the path to what you want. Yeah. Well, I see, I see it show up all the time and I'm sure listeners can relate that like when you're in that state of gratitude, you're feeling good, more of that just happens. You feel, it's like, I'm having a great day and it keeps going. And the flip side is, you know, you start the day, uh, on the wrong foot or something happens and it just continues to go, you know, go, go down that, that road. Normally though, we just don't 
we don't look into that any further, right? Or it's just, ah, just having a bad day. But you like, I'm a big believer that one question can literally not just change your your mood, your state, and and where you're at right in the moment, but can literally change your life. Yes. Um, and there's so many, so many principles and, and practices that that you talk about. I'd love for you to just share like some of the ones that you were using in the past where you were saying you weren't consistent with and you know, how you became consistent with and, and like what, which ones those were. Mm-hmm. Right. So <clears throat> there, there's so much there. Well, well definitely in this conversation, cause it, it's, it's its own piece. I definitely want to delve into why I wasn't consistent because I found what's truth for that is true for other people. But before sure. getting there, um, one of my favorite techniques, which, you know, I'm happy just to share right now, some of these techniques I came up with on my own, but some are tweaked techniques. So this okay. technique that, that I'm going to share right now, I attribute this more than others to all that money that started coming in back in 2008 when I was like getting this together. Um, and, you know, I've tweaked it to make it work for me and I call it the time-lapse method. And you, basically it's a situation where you're going to write down 15 things that you're grateful for. Five from your past, five from your present, and five things that you want in your future. But you're phrasing them all in the present tense, where if you read them out to someone, they wouldn't know what's true, what isn't, what happened, what yeah. didn't. It's just, it's there, right? Then you're going to jumble up that list and you're going to read through each thing one at a time, giving yourself 20 to 60 seconds to feel gratitude. But remember, you've jumbled up that list. So maybe the first thing is present and then a future one, then a past one, then a present. It's all messed up. And the really cool thing about this is two thirds of that list is real. Meaning the gratitude that you feel has a certain confidence and certainty and enthusiasm and, and just energy to it that you can't manufacture. But since we as humans don't downshift very easily, when you've got those five little future ones interspersed throughout, that energy and that enthusiasm and that certainty and that vibration is going to carry over to those as well. So you're simultaneously making yourself feel good for five minutes, which in and of itself is a beautiful thing, but you're also pre-programming or pre-paving the way whether you believe in the universe or you're just programming your subconscious mind for more good things to enter your life. And just okay. to speak real quick, the reason that I was able to make this work for myself, again, besides being very motivated, was because I chose a method that I actually enjoyed and I only made it a few minutes. It's all about understanding that we're in a rush, we're impatient, we, need, we crave novelty, we crave um, you know, input and things like that. What can I do that I can actually look forward to this and make it a choice rather than a chore? Make it something yeah. that I get to do rather than something I have to do, because I've yet to find a football fan who's complaining that they have to go to the Super Bowl. No, they want to go to the Super Bowl. They don't mm -hmm. mind the long plane ride or sitting in the hot sun all day or anything like that. They're a football fanatic. They're into it. And people should have a method that they can go to that, again, is very easy and very fast, that they have that same level of enthusiasm for, because that'll keep them consistent. And that's where the magic really is. Gotcha. Gotcha. So was it the, well, why don't we dump into why you weren't consistent? Mm-hmm. Good point. So, you know, bear in mind, um, I'm no clinical psychologist. So these terms I'm throwing around here, they're, they're not in it. I mean, we know them, but they're not textbook definitions. But the way I see it is we've got three minds. We've got our conscious mind and we've got our subconscious mind. But right in the middle, we have what I define as the ego. And the ego, by the way, I define it, which is way stronger than the conscious mind, but nothing compared to the subconscious. The only job that ego has is to keep you alive which is good or bad news, depending where you are in your life right now, because that means whatever money problems you have, whatever relationship problems you have, even whatever health problems you have, all your ego knows is now in this moment, 
you are alive. And what it doesn't want to do is it doesn't want to risk the status quo in any kind of change, even a perceived positive change, because it can't guarantee that your odds of survival will actually improve because you may want to be rich and famous. But for all your ego knows is that when you become famous, you're going to get a stalker and that's a threat to your survival. For all your ego knows is when you get rich, you're going to have distant family coming out of the woodwork trying to take your home from you. Another threat to your survival. So your ego actually loves you. It's it's dragging you down. It's holding you back, but it loves you. It's just a misguided way to put to keep you in place because even though it loves you, it doesn't care about your satisfaction or your fulfillment or your happiness or your comfort. It just cares that you're alive. And it really sure. comes down to, okay, how do we bypass the ego and access the subconscious mind instead, which again goes back to picking methods that just feel good, that bring those thoughts out, that program the subconscious mind that gets you there. But it all comes down to the fact that we have this thing in us that's really scared of change, regardless of how much we might want that change consciously, which is why you talk yourself out of doing these things, which is why you've got that little nudge, which is why it's tough to drag yourself out of bed to do exercise, for example. This isn't just law of attraction. This is exercise, this is nutrition, this is health, this is relationships, this is money, this is marketing, this is business, this is everything. Your ego is scared because it doesn't know that a better situation is actually going to improve your level of survival. Yeah, I love that. Well, I've been thinking about ego quite a bit lately and just from that perspective, but then also just the idea, like if you're in in an argument or trying to prove a point or something, you know, often we're, we're just trying to prove the point for our ego, Yes, you know, that we, we, we want, our ego wants us to be right. When in reality, like that almost serves no benefit in probably what you're talking about. Like, it doesn't matter. Like you can let that go, but it's the ego that, you know, constantly looks for, no, no, no. I want to, I want to make sure that they know I'm right. You know, yeah. that's one example, obviously, but yeah, it's like, heaven forbid you find a better way that's in conflict with the way you've already told someone it is. So now your reputation's yeah. on the hook. Now your status is on the hook. Whatever whatever it takes, it's like, no, I can't accept it. I mean, the ego is, is very insecure because, again, this is just about survival. In many levels, this is about fight or flight. So yeah. it, it almost has to be that way. And the only thing, in my opinion, that we can do is to recognize this and understand this is happening in the background when we come facing those challenges, when we run into blocks, when we seem to have a situation where we're almost trying to power our way through, but it always feels like there's something pulling us back. Yeah. So that's a good point. That was going to be my next question is just how do you develop that self-awareness to know when ego is popping up or to recognize when you're, you're popping into a destructive internal narrative or loop or whatever it is. Right. What, what, what have you been using? This is almost like a, this is a really cheesy cheat answer because um, it, it falls in line with my stuff. But from my experience, when you engage in gratitude for just five minutes every single day, you're, you're unlocking a lot of things in your mind, a lot of blocks, a lot of biases, a lot of um, judgments, a lot of points of view. You're just unlocking things and you're giving yourself a healthier perspective. You're basically teaching yourself without realizing it. You're teaching yourself how to love yourself and you're increasing your self-esteem. Meaning when you're doing these things on autopilot, all of a sudden, when you are engaging in self-destructive behavior, you're basically going to, it's going to come to, it's kind of like when you're working out, suddenly you're going to notice that you can lift heavier weights. When you're working out with a sensei, all of a sudden you notice that your punches are better or they're stronger or they're more accurate. It's through this process where a lot of things auto-correct in the background that you don't even need to see them happening. You'll enjoy the results. So for me, I wouldn't call this the only answer, but the answer that's really worked for me 
is engaging in that level of gratitude every single day, just five minutes, that has automatically improved my self-esteem and helped me spot it automatically. Okay. So do you do that first thing in the morning? Is that a journaling practice? I I used to. So here's the thing. Um, I take my own medicine and I do like the methods in my book, but I also mix it up and I experiment. I'm almost like, I'm like the guinea pig for my audience because if I ever find something that's higher level, I want to share it with them. Right now what I do, and it's not in the first thing in the morning, it could be any time during the day, is I have a habit where I will pull up my phone and I'll hit the record button on the app and I'll leave, it could be a 90 second message, a three minute message, a five minute message. I leave a message of all the things that I'm grateful for in my life right now. And I send that to my friend across the country and he does the same thing for me. Hmm. And the cool thing is because I have someone in this that we can do together, I've strategically, because I'm a strategy guy, I've strategically installed social pressure because again, the ego, the ego will let me let myself down way easier than it'll let me let him down because against yeah. survival, we want to be liked. So it's a lot easier for me to keep that habit up knowing I don't want to put him, I don't want to let him down. And the cool thing is sometimes he leaves a message first. Sometimes I leave a message first. So the person that hears the message first, not only are they leaving their message, but they're inspired by whatever that other person told them in the first place. And we yeah. mix and match. He left his message about a half hour before we started this call. And I didn't, I want to make sure I'm in the zone with you after this and probably an hour after we're done talking, then I'll listen to his message and I'll engage. But we are in our fourth year of doing this. Wow. So he's, he's seen me publish my book. He's seen it become a bestseller. He's seen it sell 50, 60,000 copies. He's seen all the five-star reviews. Some of these things that I said before it actually happened and some of them that are saying when they're happening because you can pre-program also. But yeah. for me, that's my one daily thing every single day. But every so often, I also take a technique from my book and I stack that on top of whatever I'm doing. Yeah, love it. That's 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 cool. I'm going to have to lift that one. Um Okay, another topic I, I get or I hear all the time in this this realm of things is the thinking versus doing. Mm. And my take is that there's a there's a vastly uh, wrong perception on the thinking versus doing. I think a lot of people have the idea that it's just think, you know, visualize this or to your point list out uh something you're grateful for that hasn't happened yet but there's no action there which i mean couldn't be farther from the from the truth but i i would love your perception on on that and how you handle those type of questions yeah so full disclosure again i i i'll take credit where credit's due and where i come up with something myself and i'll i'll freely share credit when it's not my thing um i learned this by studying abraham hicks and this is about inspired action because if you tell me that you're going to sit on your couch and make it happen, I'm going to say, listen, by all means, please take as, assuming you could afford it, assuming it's like the rent's paid and the bills are handled and you know, that's, that's taken care of. Feel free to take as much time as you need sitting on your couch thinking, but just understand at some point you're going to need to be open to inspired ideas, inspired action. Like yeah. I, I'm not a proponent of taking action out of a sense of lack because you're usually fighting yourself and you're going in the wrong direction but I'm yes, a huge proponent of taking action when it's inspired. It's coming from a sense of abundance. It's coming from an idea that popped in your head because you spent 10 days or 30 days or five minutes visualizing the thing that you want and an idea comes into your head on how to do it. Like me, this book was, um, it was a labor of love. It took me nine and a half weeks, waking up really early, staying up till 4 a.m. doing it. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. It wasn't all fun, but I was inspired and motivated to do it. And I was excited by it every single day. Mm-hmm. I made the cover really early in the process and I'd have it on screen and I'd meditate on it before I, before I wrote any chapter, I was excited about that. And that bleeds out into the experience for the reader. Whereas if I was just like, listen, 
I don't care what the book is. I don't believe in this stuff. I just want to make money off the reader and I want to force some kind of boring book. It would have been a completely different process. And the reader, assuming they even bought the book, would have seen right through it. So I'm with you that there's got to be action. And I'm a huge proponent of making it inspired action when it comes to you and really moving fast when you do that stuff, because then you get yourself used to taking more inspiration and listening to your gut more and getting a better sense of self. And just like like I was uh, saying before, your self-esteem will improve, your confidence will improve, your self-awareness will improve, you'll hear the ideas better. So it kind of like snowballs in an upward trend in all different aspects of your life and of your mindset. Totally. Well, this is what I love about it. I mean, you know, I, I call all this stuff or, or frame it up under mental fitness is, is the language I typically use. It's the same thing though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, it's like the, it's the, it's the loop that just keeps giving, right? Like you become more self-aware then you see and hear the signs and you follow it. I love that, that language of inspired action. That's, that's really well said. Um, but it just keeps going and keeps going. Like I'm, I'm two weeks out from, uh, delivering my final manuscript for the, for the book I'm working on, um, personal Socrates questions that will upgrade your life. And yeah, thank you. And, and and same as you, it's just, I've, I've got the manuscript printed out. It's probably, it was probably the first one. I never wrote anything on those pages, but I just keep updating the cover with, you know, what it will be, for example, like as the design is, is morphing, but it's just to your point. And sometimes I pick it up it's like I can physically hold it, even though I don't have the book printed yet. It's, yep. you know, it, it, I agree. Like it, it projects you into the future, but also in that present moment gives a lot of, you know, inspiration. And I think it, for me, it grounds me and gets me ready to go and in the right frame of mind. Yeah. You know, I hear you say that and it reminds me of a thing that I do like to say, because I think we often look at um, joy as an end result and as a manifestation. And I'll agree that it is those things, but joy is also a strategy. It's a strategy by which you receive and achieve more joy. Because if Mm. you're only looking at joy as this far off thing, you're never gonna get there. You know, the four words that you can put together is I'll be happy when, but if you say, I'm gonna use joy as a strategy, I'm gonna be excited about holding this tangible thing even when the book is not specifically there yet, or meditating on some idea, or thinking about that great date that I had last night, or whatever it might be, just by allowing yourself to to um, bathe in the feelings of gratitude and the feelings of joy, not only are you feeling good in the moment and not wasting your life and actually enjoying wherever you are in your life, but ironically, in an ironic twist of fate, you're actually accelerating all the things that are coming to you, and without you don't realize that you're improving the quality of those things that actually arrive. Yeah, totally. That's cool. I can talk about this stuff forever. Um, and we still have time, so let's keep going. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, what have you, have there been any practices uh, or methods that just really surprised you? I mean, I know you had some of your core uh, core principles in check at the beginning and you, you started to become more consistent with them, but then going through writing the book and just obviously experimenting with more and more practices that you know, you never had tried in the past and like, wow, but you know, you're really seeing some serious uh, results from that. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of scripting. And for anyone that doesn't know at least what my version of scripting is, all that is basically is you're journaling about your life. You're kind of writing about it in the present tense as if you're already living your dream life. And Mm, yeah, like a future setting type. Yeah. Like, Yeah. yeah, it's like, and you can either write it by hand or you could type it or here's my hack because I don't like writing my hand cramps up. You could actually speak it. I'm kind of technically doing it in every day with with my friend, even though yeah. a lot of times I'm doing present. Sometimes I'll do future phrases present. So the thing that surprised me about that is 
looking back, I feel like the times that I have done that have, they've given me a lot of bang for my buck, but a really cool thing happened where, um, I was talking with a, with a friend of mine and we were just, we were just going through a regular conversation and I was hearing her story about how she went from like $0 or to be really precise, $300 in the bank to a million dollars. She went from zero to a million dollars in revenue through her business in only 16 months. And I'm like, cool. Wow. And I'm, I'm asking about like her business strategy and her marketing and this and that. And what emerges was she's actually talking about scripting. She didn't learn it from me. My book was, was actually my book published like a month after she achieved it, even though we hadn't had that conversation yet. But just okay. to hear somebody else, not even me, but somebody else go from zero to a million and their thing, just like my thing is that phone every day or the time lapse, it used to be the time lapse. She basically did scripting and through that process and the inspired action and everything that came to her, going to a million dollars in only 16 months. What an amazing thing. Yeah. So, okay, let's dive into a little bit more practically speaking. For you, scripting, um, okay, you're using your phone, you're doing audio notes. Is that... Are you doing it for the month, you know, setting like by, you know, uh, the end of the month, uh, you're gonna, I'll be here, blah, 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 or end of the year or all of the above. Like what's, what's the process for you? Right. So I hear two questions in there. I'm, I'm wondering if you mean, do I, am I putting myself at a certain mo moment in the future or am I doing it for a specific period of time? Yeah. Good point. Um, I'm interested in, are you putting yourself in a moment in, in the future? Right. So, wow, great question. I actually, this, I bring this up in my book. So one thing I call in my book, I call it the two years from now letter scripting method. Okay. Where you basically, you project yourself two years into the future and you write your past, or I guess now present self, a letter telling them all the cool things that they have to look forward to. You're saying, you know, Andrew, you were, uh, look, look, Mark, you would never believe what you've got on the way. Like, first of all, and you could even say to you or I, first of all, like, let me speak from my perspective. My book is a number one bestseller. I've already yeah. sold 750,000 copies and we were accelerating really fast to a million. The emails and the notes I get from people that have never even heard of my show, that never even heard of me, that their lives have been changed. They floor me every single day to say nothing of the fact that I, through, through all my nutrition choices and everything else, I'm waking up more happy and more energetic and more fulfilled and whatever works for you. And the key, the key thing about this one, the level of specificity, it just has to feel good. Meaning get as specific as you can, where it doesn't feel heavy. Like, oh my God, how am I going to accomplish that? You can get really general, whatever you want to do, just make sure you're feeling good. But another thing is I call it the two years from now scripting method. And I advise you to go two years in the future, because if you have a really big goal, at least in my personal experience, it's still plausible that it could happen. Therefore, when you're through this process, you don't experience a lot of resistance. You don't experience a lot of doubt. However, you might, and this is yeah. where you want to make these methods your own. You might be a person that can say, you know what, this is plausible in six months. So I'll write there or one year, or by the way, maybe a part of this is plausible in a year, but some of this is in 10 years. So tomorrow, today I'll do a 10 years one and tomorrow I'll do a one year one. And the next day I'll do a two year one. Like it's basically about giving yourself the freedom to choose whatever time frame works for you. And by the way, just to address that other version of your question, how yeah. often do you do it? Me, my, my attitude is I'm doing something every day. If I want, I can do a full month of this. I can do a day. I can alternate. I can mix. I can match. Yeah. All that matters to me is that in some way, shape or form, I spend about five or maybe 10 minutes every single day feeling good while thinking about what I have or what I want or both. As long as I've done that, 
the method technically doesn't matter. In fact, the only purpose for more than one method is because people enjoy variety and I'm not like everyone. So I need to give them variety so they have more than one thing to choose from. Sure. Uh, well, thank you for that. that that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd add to for everyone listening, um, just having done something like this in the past to set yourself a reminder two years out to go and listen to that. Oh, audio that's message. cool. Or, or your journal entry. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna drop you credit, but I'm gonna do a YouTube video about that, and I'm I'm definitely gonna send people your way. That is brilliant. Yeah. That, well, thank that, you. That is really brilliant. That that in, installs something completely new and vibrant in there that I can't even put to words. I love that. Oh, thank you. Well, I just I just share it because uh, I've been kind of like you. I can't really re- read my own handwriting, so I, I've been using an app called Day One for probably 10 years. And in, be, in between that, uh, I created my own journaling app, which started and, and uh, we pulled off the market, but for, for other reasons. Uh, but all to say, um, basically digitally journaling and what, 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 what is happening though is, uh, you know, day one has a great feature. They'll pop up entries three years from three years ago or five years ago. And I'll bring those up and look at them. And some of them are specifically titled, I, I use the language future setting, and it's usually for the month or for the year. And I'm always blown away when you reread those, like not that the hundred percent has come to fruition or like the every exact detail, but man, like a pretty good percentage of it is, is now real, you know? Yes. And I mean, that, that, that's the result of obviously the, the practice and linking back to your language of, you know, going through that practice, but then having the self-awareness to, to take that inspired action, you know, then you get to that, that end point. Right. So it's, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. And you know, and the key thing we were talking about before we hit the record button, most importantly, it's simple stuff. Yeah. Like there's nothing complicated. Like this doesn't have to be, so usually the, the mechanics that are going on in the background are so complicated. Our brains could not even perceive it. Our senses cannot even perceive it, but we don't need to perceive it. The application that's going to invite these things can be very simple, very uncomplicated. I think it's the number one thing people want to keep in mind because it's their ego that's telling them this is too simple. This is too easy. It can't be that. It can't be that simple, but it is. It all takes is patience. All it takes is understanding, by the way, to bleed into something else here. I think an issue that people have with law of attraction specifically, and the reason that there's probably people listening to this that remember the secret, even though I think the secret did a good job for what it was doing, but they think the law of attraction is some kind of joke because they've tried it and it hasn't worked. And what they don't realize is the problem is they've been doing the method to get the result. And people yeah. are probably listening like, wait a second, Andrew, isn't that the point? Isn't that why you wrote your book? Aren't this, isn't this about doing the methods to get the result? And I say, there's a fine line here. And this is where that ego sneaks in without us realizing. If you're doing the method to get the result, then what you're basically doing is through that action and through that process, you are affirming and reinforcing the energy of the lack of the thing. Mm-hmm. By trying to force it and gritting your teeth, you're actually pulling it away. What you should be doing, in my humble opinion, is you do the method for the sake of enjoying the method and feeling good in the moment. And then yeah. indirectly, you'll put out the vibration and the result will come. But if yeah. you're doing it, trying to force the result, you're actually pushing it away from yourself. And often, more often than not, people will get that intellectually, but they don't catch themselves in the act of doing it. And then they quit and they're frustrated. And this is just another thing that sounded too good to be true that didn't work when all this time it could have been working if they only spotted that one little uh, little uh, trick or, or change up in it. 
Yeah. Well, and it's just, it's a practice, right? And it's, it's, I think these are practices for a reason. It, it, it takes practice just like, med, you know, meditation, you know, you're not going to nail that and you may never nail that. It's the process of meditating and everything about it. That is the actual practice in itself. Um, so I, I totally get, it. and it's hard, I think, cause I, from what I know of this work, it's, it's really about connecting to the feeling behind and putting the feelings and the emotions behind that thing that you're describing or whatever it is and how you, how you feel. And then that is sending out that, uh, vibrational energy. Right. And I think, yeah. I mean, besides your book, uh, which I highly recommend everyone pick up, uh, Joe Dispenza's, Joe Dispenza's just Joe Dispenza. <laughs> wow. I've done the same thing, Mark. I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> okay. Um, he's got some really good meditations on that as well. Just again, visualizations around the the heart and the emotion and, and kind of working through blocks and stuff like that. I think like what's exciting to me about this space is it's just endless. There's so much there. Even myself starting this podcast, I, you know, I was probably only touching, you know, it was a very small percentage of it. And all of a sudden chatting with people like Jill from over at, at Spirit Daughter talking about moon energy and all like there's just so many different modalities out there that you really don't have any downside in trying this stuff like mm -hmm. right really? so you know with with that being said like what what excites you for the future in this work or what's what's left for you that you want to explore and try so um like there's there's always this constant openness to anything new that might come and it might inspire me. But by that same token, like someone told me, someone asked me a couple weeks ago, like, Andrew, what do you want to do when you grow up? And more like, you know, digging in like what's left or, or where can we steer you in a direction where you'll be happy? And I'm like, oh, here's like, no, I'm, I've, I'm already doing it. So yeah. having these conversations and, you know, even answering emails from customers and creating content on YouTube, just furthering the conversation while staying while maintaining or staying consistent with the um, the level of this content and the message of this content, that for me is what's exciting to me. Like, do I want to yeah. sell a million copies of the book? Yes, but it's a guiding Northern star. It isn't something that happens in a certain time frame. And also it's not so I can be like, oh, look at me, I sold a million copies. It's just so something that keeps pushing yeah. me toward that conversation so that I can meet cool people like you and have these interesting conversations and hear new takes on what I've said already that's going to inspire me that I can then share with my audience. So again, it's an upward snowball of just engaging yeah. with this and seeing what emerges because for, for whatever reason, like I've never done this in a business before, this kind of stuff. And this, the moment I made that decision to go down this path in this direction, everything clicked and it's been a very smooth, easy and really enjoyable and fulfilling ride ever since. So I'm just going to keep it going. Love it. Love it. Well, I mean, we can obviously geek out and talk about this stuff forever. Uh, I want to respect your time and I think it's full of really great nuggets. And obviously if you want to go further into it, pick up uh, Andrew's book, explore to your point, be open, try some stuff out. I always say that, you know, give the example that, you know, if you're not a marathon runner uh, or enjoy training for marathons, doesn't mean that you rule out the whole category of exercise. So, you know, try these things out, experiment, have fun with them um, and just enjoy it. Right. So where can people uh, find you and stay connected? Yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, I, I keep two simple links. That way people can go either way. They, if they want to check out the book, they can go to lastlawofattractionbook.com and that'll right. auto forward to the Amazon listing. So you can get it in Kindle, paperback, audiobook if you prefer. But if you don't want to pull out your wallet, that's cool. I still want to give you content that'll hopefully um, be beneficial for you. So my YouTube channel is free. 
youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. I'll teach new methods that I've come up with since I've published a book. Um, sometimes I'll have law of attraction interviews. And um, this interview, I've been very intent, obviously, in trying to give as much value as possible. And I haven't had the, the luxury of editing. On there, you'll also get a glimpse of my really weird, stupid sense of humor as I'm using it to make certain points um, about what I'm teaching. So um, whether you get the book itself, uh, which is more straight laced, or you get a little variety in the YouTube channel, either way, I hope that my content will serve someone out there really well. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you for your time, sir. Keep rocking it out there. Keep putting those messages out. I mean, it's, I don't need to tell you this, but um, when people's minds are healthy, motivated, clear, and excited, we all win. So thank you. Mark, thank you for having me. And, and thanks for continuing this conversation. It's, it's so, I mean, you know this already, it's so valuable. I really appreciate that you're doing it. Mm-hmm.